Hello guys, my name is Brahim Mansa Kalon. I am the host here at Kingdom Talks. We are an information hub for transformation. We're here to share the mind of Christ on his views and values and vision on social matters. I'm here today with a special guest and I'm going to allow him to introduce himself to us. Dr. Collins, can you briefly introduce yourself to the audience? Okay. All right. So my name is Dr. Collins Enin. I'm an optometrist by profession, and I'm also an ordained minister of the Baptist Convention of Ghana. Um, currently, I fellowship with the St. James Baptist Church in Bansima, which is a locality in Kumasi, in the Ashanti region. Um, I have a, uh, I have an interest in leading people with death. And I also into an advocacy program with them. Um, so currently, I'm an associate minister at the St. James Baptist Church, and I also practice with the Baptist Health Services. Thank you. I usually like to ask my guests to share with us their salvation experience and also one encounter with the Lord that completely radicalized their life tremendously. Okay, so um, I have always lived around the church because the church was a place that I found comfort and solace. Um, I came from an abusive home. So mostly the church was some few meters from my house. So I will always go there and hang around. Now, um, the turning point came when a cousin of mine sat me down after so many years of observing me and told me that he's seen that I always have interest in things that are done in the church, and I'm always also around church. But have I sat down to examine myself to see if I really um, know Christ and know the value of the calling that I have responded to? So, in fact, this question really got to me, and I took some time off to reflect on the question. And that was the point that I realized that, no, I needed to talk to someone about salvation. So I went to my Sunday school teacher uh, back then, around uh, 1998, thereabouts, and then I discussed the issue. So it was there that he also sat me down and explained the need for salvation for every individual and how I can also get myself saved. And he led me to Christ and I openly confessed and from there I have believed in Christ and I have been walking with Christ and thankfully I am now a reverend minister so call I was called to, to be saved and now God has even called me to lead the saved ones too wow wow thanks now the sure. you are talking about a crazy encounter Yes, um, yes, 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 yeah. I, I remember my days in the university. I was very skeptical about the move of the Holy Spirit and all. So sometimes when I see some of these things happening, I thought it was just something that was staged until we went for uh, missions in one of the villages. So that was where, from nowhere, I started also manifesting the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And at some point in time, I felt that uh, I, I was doubting myself. I was asking myself, is this real? But I really saw and experienced the hand of God 
being used through me to heal people and to also tell people about certain hidden things that God wanted them to know. So that was a crazy moment that I will never forget. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for that. Now, yeah. I would like to ask you for us to really discuss how we can get this gospel accessible and also to accommodate people with hearing impairment. Yes. Um, first, before we can really make this happen, we really need to understand the these two principles, accessibility and accommodation. And by accessibility, we all have the right to make sure that we remove every barrier, every mm -hmm. barrier that prevents people living with deafness or who are hard on hearing to access information or participate in our church services. And that is very, very important. And some of the barriers include um, access to our place of worship. Sometimes to, it also has to do with inadequate uh, representation. Most churches do not have sign language interpre interpreters there. And mm. some of these things make it very difficult for us to have an all-inclusive church. Then explaining accommodation. Accommodation has to do with prov the provision of tools and technologies to assist uh, people living with deafness or deaf to participate fully in their activities. And by this, we can have assistive devices or vibrating alarms or any other forms of um, tools that can be used to enhance their understanding in whatever is going on in the church. And I think that it is high time that the church really realized their duty to also include this marginalized group in their worship and fellowship. So um, as Christians or as a pastor, I think that we have to really look at it from this. How compassionate is the church now? That's the first point that I want to really talk about. You know, the church has to express love and compassion that Jesus demonstrated to some of these marginalized groups that he came into contact with. Um, example, Matthew 14, 14, I think Jesus saw, when he saw the crowd, he was moved with compassion and then he even healed their sick. So to us as pastors, Christian leaders, Christians, believers across the world, I think that it is our work that we have to really make good use of this opportunity of having the deaf community around us and to extend God's love and compassion to them. Because the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, so the emphasis is on whosoever, and whosoever is not discriminatory whosoever is not limited by abilities, whosoever. So whoever, whosoever has that ability, that propensity to accept and know Christ, that person has to be given the chance to also benefit from the gospel. And if we are the gospel bearers, then we also have to be the gospel sharers. And we have to also have the deaf community in our mind. Secondly, Christians are called to pursue justice. 
and to advocate for those who are oppressed. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible edges us on to learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, and please the case of the widow. You realize that this class of people are people who are helpless, are people who are marginalized, are people who are not valued. But it is up to us to change our theology, to change our thinking, so that we will know that indeed, for us to stand for justice and fight for the death, the death of, yes, we have to fight against discrimination and uh, exclusion. Oh, that is commonly seen in our church services. Um, my third point will be um, also that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, we have to understand that there is neither we don't have classes when it comes to the community of believers. And that the church is a place of inclusivity. And everybody who comes to the church, as James said in James chapter two, verse one, that my brothers and sisters do not show favoritism. So we are not supposed to favor anybody. There is nothing like classes or certain segregation or schisms when it comes to um, um, the body of Christ. So it is our duty as Christians to make sure that the church becomes an inclusive place where everybody can come on board. And by so doing, if people are advocating for certain things to be done for people who can't even walk to church, then we should also advocate for a conducive environment that can accommodate and accept the deaf community. Yeah. Thank you so much for that amazing um, presentation. Um, you talk about inclusion. Yes. Is your church currently implementing some of the things that you have stated and um, programs just to, inc to include the deaf in, in the regular yes. services? Yes. My church has been able to take some steps to make our environment welcoming for our brothers and sisters who are in the deaf community. So first and foremost, we've been able to um, engage a sign language interpreter who comes around every week during our main church service to come and uh, interpret whatever is being done, the spoken language into the sign language so that they can understand. And then we have also started running programs for everybody who is interested to also come and learn the sign language. So it's the same person who is handling it. Then the second thing that we have done is that we have also arranged for transportation from the church premise to Vantage um, bus stations, major bus stations where um, these people normally um, can transit from that places to their various homes. So each Sunday when we close, we have a bus reserved for them that takes them to these major stations in the city so that they can continue. Then aside that, um, we also provide support for them in terms of counseling uh, and then advocacy of which I am in the lead. Um, so we are able to encourage some of them, especially those who are going to school, 
who are in the various schools to really continue and uh, make sure that they are able to um, do their best in schools so that at least they can change the narrative that death is not a limitation, but rather it is just a special situation where when one is able to excel can really um, bring about the manifestations of the glory of God in the body of Christ. And let me just put this across. Uh, today is Ghana's Independence Day, and usually every around such uh, celebrations, uh, the government sets aside a day to award some these excellent students. And we had three of our members from the deaf community, three students, winning the uh, an academic um, award. And then I think that it is something I needed to put across. And it is all as a result of the encouragement and then the kind of support that we have been giving to them. Mm. For those who are not in the mainstream schools, we also try to see if we can provide them with some vocational training so that mm. at least they can be dependent. Because we realize that one of the major challenges with them has to do with employment because of the language barrier. And uh, they cannot really understand us. And a lot of the citizenry do not also know, they don't know how to interpret sign language. So because of that, it becomes very difficult for them to be employed into the mainstream um, um, work areas. So because of that, um, we believe that if you're able to get them some skills and they're able to at least uh, come out with certain things like uh, sewing, weaving, catering, at least they can be self-employed and they can generate something on their own to keep them going economically. So, so far, these are some of the things that we have as a church or in my church, we have really done so far and I um, to assist them, yes. Wow. Uh, thank you, Dr. Collins, really for sharing this wonderful work your church is doing. Um, and I just pray that do you guys also communicate with other churches nearby for them to um, implement some of the strategies and the programs that your church is already doing? Um, I wouldn't say there is a direct communication, but I think that there is an indirect communication by way of observation. Um, there is a, a church just close to us who have also adopted um, our system. I have seen that they have a sign language interpreter there. And it is because we are just close to each other. Mm. And I think that some of their members visited our church and saw what was going on and then also um, suggested it to their leaders. leaders. I think mm. even in our place, it was as a result of uh, an encounter. I went to do an eye screening in a church another church from a different um, suburb within the same city, Kumasi. And I realized that there was a church which had a structured ministry for them. Mm. So they had over there, they have their own pastor who even does, understands, who is very proficient in the sign language. And then they have their own leaders. So when I saw that, I drew inspiration from it. And during one of our church council meetings, and the suggestion was put forward, and the then head pastor of my church, Reverend George Wusumensa, took it up, and then um, he initiated it, and then the others who also came made sure that the group was sustained. 
And currently, our new minister, Reverend Kwesi Fridia Jumai, has also been very supportive, especially by giving us a free range to come up with anything that we need to support these people. So I think indirectly, we've been able to send signals to others. And then by the support that we extend to them, for example, I, I wasn't very active on social media, but quite recently, I have been very active and vocal because I think that as ministers, um, we have overlooked such a great community who are just there. And then our concentration is on the regular church members and how to go about ministry. So I've been writing a lot on my Facebook page and then also on my LinkedIn account. And I think I have, some colleagues of mine have read about it and they have also expressed a very positive thoughts and are willing to make sure that uh, when they get the opportunity, they will also put it across. So I think gradually, we can get somewhere. And I'm also grateful for this opportunity to have come on your platform. I know that your platform really um, carries a lot of uh, viewership and listenership. And by being on this platform to um, a lot of people or a lot of Christians who haven't really considered this special group of people uh, will now have a certain kind of awakening so that in their consideration of sharing the gospel of fellowshipping, they will now also look at how they can bring these ones in so that together we can all worship and fellowship together in Christ. Yes. Wow, wow. You're really doing an amazing job. Because I know here in Canada, we have Thank such you. systems in place, right? In place Because they have Christian professionals who are very proficient in sign language, but not so with the African churches. Maybe the small churches yes. don't have that, but the big churches, maybe they do, right? Yes, I think it has to do with the, um, their social programs as a nation, as a whole. You know, most of the developed countries make sure that there is equity and accessibility. Uh, so nobody is left behind. And then from that, they draw this kind of knowledge into their faith to express it. But in African countries, our way of life is different. So yes. our thought and everything, even when it comes to social protection, sometimes some of these people are just left behind. So I think maybe there is an also influence from that, uh, yeah. uh, should I say, um, yeah, governance, they are governance system in their countries. But I think very soon, Africa will also get there. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and it starts from the church, right? It starts from the sure, church. Sure, it starts right? from the church. It starts from the church. We are to live an exemplary life. Everything is about Christ. Christ was a leader. Christ sets the pace. And Christ is a standard. So Christians yeah. must also be the standard. So we have to really redefine what life is all about. And I think that the church has to really make sure that these things are done so that others can also, we don't have to sit down for other groups to come and do it. We are not in competition, but I think that it is our basic responsibility to make sure that everyone, everyone is catered for. Yes. One last question. Uh, would you recommend, especially pastors or the leaders of the church, to at least learn language? For instance, if we have somebody who is hearing impairment and they want to converse with a minister of the church or a leader of the church or a key figure of the church, at least there will be that um, interaction. Because, yeah, there's one thing to have a, an expat who does the sign language. What about their day-to-day -day social interaction? Are there ways, maybe through knowledge, through awareness, 
through training of 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 the just the local members, even the leaders. That way, they can interact with these people, integrate them into the social way of doing things, rather than okay, it's only the only time you do sign language is for the service, and then after that, they're they're interacting with themselves, interacting with them. Okay, so to begin with, every language has a culture. And I think that ministers must understand the culture within which the language uh, resides. So the deaf community, as you rightly said, they have a certain culture of acceptance. And that acceptance is when they see you trying to make efforts to yeah. even do the sign language. So I think ministers should make an effort. You don't have to be proficient to start engaging with them, but at least the basics, good morning, how are you? And then it can be done. And for those who are uh, a bit educated, you can also use text message, though they don't really, they usually discourage that, but they, when you show your intention, that your willingness to study the sign language, they are very supportive and they are also, uh, they, they come to you with an open arms. So that's a sort of engagement is very, very key. It's very, very key. Um, let me just put this across. One of the award winners, you know, as part of the package, they were given some beverage products. And when we, I met him in church just yesterday, you know what happened? Because of the level of interaction, engagement and everything, he also made sure that he brought some of the package to me to say thank you. You see how, yes, to express their gratitude. So it is because of that day-to-day -day interaction. Then one thing that we also have to, uh, challenge ministers to learn the sign language is that um, we need to understand that the idea of confidentiality is not only about the hearing. They also deserve some form of confidentiality. So sometimes they may have peculiar pro uh, problems and they may not be comfortable speaking through the interpreter to the pastor. Because once it is spoken to the interpreter, then the interpreter also gets to know of the issue. So sometimes in order to really handle some of the challenges that they go through, that issue of confidentiality, and that can only be avoided if the pastor has some form of knowledge about their language. And then we, you can also go on YouTube. You know, the sign language, there are variations, and I believe every country has mm. its own unique way, though they are uh, basic ones that cast across worldwide. But uh, on YouTube channels, uh, there are some people, especially for the Ghanaian community, you want know, to go to YouTube, you will have some information there, and then there are some videos that you can learn. But you can also fall on the, um, the School for the Deaf, especially in Ghana, to provide you with some trainers. And I think that once you go through the training program, and so currently I combine the YouTube. I am now learning. I am not proficient. I'm now learning. So there is a GSL app which I have on my phone. So that when I meet them and we have to interact, then then I try to uh, make an effort to use the app. And I also spend time to study from um, the net, from YouTube, and then the sign language interpreter that we have in our church. Um, also, I have some few sessions with him so as to improve. So I think that ministers of the gospel should make an effort. Church leaders should make an effort so that together uh, we can really um, see ourselves as brethren or the real brethren in Christ. Yes. Thank you so much, Dr. Collins, for bringing an awareness to this. 
and very explanatory in terms of your presentation, how urgent this matter is for the church to be inclusive. 